This show is sponsored by CoventryCreations.com. You're listening to Keep It Magic Radio. 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 Are you ready to make some magic? Yaki and Storm are putting the pieces together for you. Find out what planets are changing the game and how to harness that energy. Get the latest metaphysical perspective on hot topics. Learn how to make magic work for you. Nothing is too hot or personal for Jackie and Storm to handle. Visit our website weekly for articles, updates, and the latest information to transform your life at www.keepitmagic.com. Now here is Jackie Smith and Storm Sestavani. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Jackie Smith. I'm one of the co-hosts of Keep It Magic, and I'm here with the smartest man in the universe. Okay, the smartest man in metaphysics. Okay, the smartest man in astrology and tarot, and he is his name is Storm Sestavani, and I am so happy to be here with you and with him to talk about some magic today. Um, as you all know, this show is sponsored by CoventryCreations.com. No matter what your problem, no matter what your need, be it money, love, friendship, romance, protection, Coventry has a candle for that. And if you want to um, check out our show website, it's keepitmagic.com where you can find um, our latest articles, lots of information. We have a, I have a new spell up there for this month. If you want to get a hold of Storm Sestivani, you can find him at stormsestivani.com. By the way, a reading is so worth it. And if you want to find me, Jackie Smith, you can find me at coventrycreations.com where you want to book a reading for me. With me, um, um, just click on the readings area and you can find me and you can find tons of information about Coventry and what we do. So here we are, um, our second show in February of 2014, and we've made it through the love holidays, and now we get to deal with what's left over. So, hey, Storm. Hey. So, yeah, we made it through the love. Well, first of all, I have to say, did you realize that this is the 99th episode of the show? Wow. I just had a Prince flashback as soon as you said that, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, you, no, this can't be the 99th episode. It's the 99th episode. I'm not that old. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't seem like it. We've been doing this show for three years now. Mm-hmm. And we've been doing, well, we were doing four shows, four to five shows a month for a while. Mm-hmm. And now we're doing two shows a month. Total altogether, this is our 286th show together. Really? Mm-hmm. We've known each other that long? Yeah. Wow. And that's, wow. Huh. That's when we're only doing what? Oh, we were still doing a show a week together. Yeah. Because you were doing crazy. You were doing a show every day. I don't know what that was. Yeah, this I don't know was like my thing. thousandth show. I mean, uh, and that's just, uh, you know, podcasting. <laughs> hey, wow, time flies. It's really hard to contemplate. Um, we've... I didn't know I had that much to say, just to be honest with you. Um, but then again, sometimes I feel like I make it up. No, I'm just kidding. And the other thing that I have to say is I am sick of the weather. Um, you know, I'm sick of the weather. I'm sick of Mercury retrograde. I am a little bit tired of myself right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I I need a vacation. Well, this is a nasty um, Mercury retrograde. It's probably... One of the, um, and I probably say this every time I, we have Mercury retrograde, but it's probably one of the worst ones that I've seen. Um, 
the reason being is that when you cast the Mercury, from a Kabbalistic perspective, when you cast the Mercury retrograde chart, you do it for um, the time that Mercury goes retrograde um, in Jerusalem, which is in Kabbalah, the power center of the world. Okay. Um, or don't be ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, and uh, basically you find out where Mercury is in that chart and you look at the aspects. And then you also have an, a couple of other things that you take into consideration also, one of which is the ascendant. Um, and the ascendant in that chart, Jackie, was Scorpio. Now, when Scorpio is rising, usually what you see is a lot of um, anguish, people being overwhelmed by things, um, uh, people um, in a crisis. It's a very much a crisis uh, uh, sign when it is rising. Um, uh, when I am doing a consultation chart, when somebody calls me and I'm doing a consultation chart and Scorpio is rising, usually in 99.9% of the cases, and then I think, Jackie, in the 0.01%, they're probably in denial. Um, uh, but the, usually that there's a severe crisis going on and that there's also a lot of severe psychological issues that are going on underneath the surface. And oftentimes even, you know, inherited psychological issues because Scorpio is the natural ruler of the eighth house. And, you know, I feel that the eighth house is um, uh, family curses. Um, so when that is rising, it brings up a lot of different, uh, uh, a severe level of intensity usually now. When you add that to Mercury being conjunct Neptune, which is um, confusion, delusion, um, it's the whole world of not reality. Um, uh, it's a lot of people, you know, uh, uh, you know, hearing one thing and interpreting it as something totally different. It's not real grounded at all, um, and it's also conjunct Chiron, the wounder. Um, so that's why I've been calling you, going, <laughs> yeah. what's wrong with me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which started a couple of days before the retrograde, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so don't take it personally. So all this stuff that's happened in, in throughout February, throughout this Mercury retrograde, don't take it personally. It is not your reality. This is not who you are. But those things that come up, Need I come up because they're weak spots. They 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 are weak spots, and you know one of the things that I wrote about um, with this particular Mercury retrograde um, is that regardless of the difficulties of the problems that uh, uh, occur, they're usually rec rectified once Mercury goes direct. Okay, but the one thing that I wrote, Jackie, is that when we have worldly problems, they're often the result of internal problems that ultimately need to be addressed. Absolutely. So don't pay attention to the worldly issues. Pay attention to the issues underneath the surface because okay. that's basically kind of what is being triggered in this whole mishigosh craziness um, uh, that is going on there. The difficult side of it is that it's happening in the sign of Pisces. Um, oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay, so Mercury is in the sign of Pisces. Mm -hmm. It is... Conjunct Neptune, yeah. Neptune and conjunct Chiron. And conjunct Chiron, conjunct meaning they um, are all together. Are all together. So okay, they're not opposing. So it's not flipping the switch. It's just adding to. It's multiple switches being flipped. Yeah, and okay. you know Pisces has a general. Um, it's it, it, 
known in metaphysical circles as the sign of spirituality, and it can be. But with Mercury not working correct because it is retrograde, okay, most likely what you're going to see, at least on the surface, is the negative face, which is confusions, doubt, addiction, self-defeating behaviors. Um, and if you notice these particular feelings and behaviors rising to the surface, um, it's really time to reflect and see where they're coming from. And, uh, you know, that's what I think that, because Mercury means reflect. So basically, um, you know, this, this is a really, the spiritual side of this, how you can activate that Pisces spirituality, is really digging in deep at what's being triggered at this particular point. And one of the things that I noticed, Jackie, um, uh, a few days before um, Mercury went retrograde, is that a lot of people's past problems, okay, or past issues, things that they've been working on for a long time, that they may have either become complacent either in regards to what it is that they were doing or that they weren't as focused on it anymore or things along those lines, they're starting to come up. And, um, you know, now is the opportunity to really start to work through that stuff. It is. It is. That's every time some uh, Mercury goes retrograde or one of the plants, it just says, uh, uh, one of the other planets, pardon me, it says this is where where you need to work. This is where things are going to fall apart if you don't pay attention to it. And a lot of times people just shove them. They just go, why me? And then And then, you know, think that they're just being persecuted and move on. I personally take it as something to work on. And mm-hmm. so in um, in the shadow of Mercury going retrograde, I, I knew what, what this retrograde was going to be about for me. And it's really about um, the weak spot that I'm working on is um, where I feel the martyr, this, mm-hmm. new mar- this martyrdom that I've been dealing with over and over again, healing layers of it, came up again. And it came up bad. And I didn't even like it. <laughs> it was not a good scene for anybody. So uh, that's what I've been working on. And so all the different ways I martyr myself have been coming up, and it's a little ridiculous. So, But I'm working through it. Working you know, you know for, for, for me, um, the way that it has manifested is um, pulling up um, a lot of the, the issues that I've been working on for years, okay? But the one thing that I was able to do successfully, Jackie, in regards to this circumstance is really understand the reality of my choices. Um, uh, for me, probably one of my biggest um, trigger points is about disappointing other people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably the hardest thing for me to deal with. Um, I would rather have somebody hate me than have them be disappointed. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, and for me to basically face those particular triggers and those particular fears and say, you know, this is the way that I feel about this um, in one, two, three, four di- different areas. Um, uh, you know, it it's um, actually. You know, it starts to realize, because oftentimes, sometimes when you're going through stuff, and I, know, and I know that you've experienced this, when you go through stuff, you reach a particular level, okay, and, uh, you know, you've overcome some things, you've changed some things, and one of the, and I'm going to talk about it in just a second, but one of the interesting things in Kabbalah, okay, is that it says that we, there's a point in um, one of the portions, Jackie, where it says, what is required of us is to give up a half a shekel. Now, a shekel is a coin, okay? Mm-hmm. So I've got a quarter in front of me. I don't know if you have a coin near you, but I 
can't divide this in half and give it to somebody unless I go get myself a machine and cut it. Mm-hmm. And then it's not going to be worth anything, okay? So the shekel in many ways is um, uh, a symbol for our particular negative behaviors because it, you have to offer it up as an offering. Um, it's our negative behaviors. The interesting thing, Jackie, is that that is all that is required is a half a shekel. So in order for you to to move and deal with your particular tikkun, you don't even have to do all of it. You only have to do half of it. Interesting. So tikkun, um, um, if people don't remember what that is, that's your life lesson. It's your life lesson, yeah. You only, really, what is required is that you deal with half of them, um, uh, uh, you know, and you're doing well, okay? You know, um, it doesn't feel like you're dealing with half of it. It feels like, I mean, the lesson is so big. Many times the lesson is so big, it, it just feels like you're dealing with all of it at once. But if, yeah. But I think what, with what you're saying is if you just focus in on a little bit of it, Yeah. Focus in on that, that one decision at a time, that one little bit at a time. Yeah, because you're giving a half a shekel, which is not much. Um, uh, but you do it that way. My feeling here is is that if you go and you try to do too much at, at one time, um, it can be extremely, extremely difficult. Uh, and uh, you can often even backtrack in regards to progress uh, uh, that you're making. So another thing with this Mercury retrograde is for people to be gentle with themselves. Yeah. We aren't. When we're, when we're healing, we think we need to heal... Boom, right there. Now, do you think that, Jackie, that that is um, uh, just the societal pressures that are put upon us that gets us into that particular type of thinking? I don't know. I I, um, I don't either. That's why I'm asking you. I don't know because, because um, I think I, I've met plenty, plenty of people who um, can just move through it. And then I've met other people who ignore it or think they've done something, and then and then there's the the folks that are like us that are really hard on themselves. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I guess it's maybe your awareness. Yeah. Maybe your personal awareness that that uh, that d- dictates that. I don't know. Yeah, and the the. Question. the Interesting thing is that this particular Mercury retrograde, because of how it's laid out, Jackie, and Mercury lands in the fourth house of the world charge, and the fourth house has to do a lot with our emotions. Um, And one of the things that I think will be highly affected, if they have not already been affected, Mm -hmm. um, is a lot of questions I think will come up in regards to friendships. Yeah. It's, yeah. So if you haven't already been which is what the show is with about. your friendships, yep. <laughs> and, and I gotta say, you know, when we when we're prepping for the show, we decided not to get too analytical because this is not an analytical topic. Yeah. It can it can be. We can talk about this study and that study and this issue and that issue, but really, friendships are tough. Yeah. They're, I think they're tougher than um, relationships, uh, romantic relationships. Yeah. And oftentimes, when a friendship ends, it can be much more debilitating than the end of a love relationship. I think, you know what, I've been, I've been thinking about this a lot, because I knew we were doing a show on it, so yeah. that's what we do. Um, 
And as I'm watching myself with my friends and my disappointments in friendship and really taking my own inventory with this, I think we expect a lot. I think the reason why friendships are tougher is we expect more from friendships than we do from love relationships. Because at least in heterosexual love relationships, it's like, well, what do you want? He's a guy. (laughs) You know? And in friendships, you're like, you do me better than that. <laughs> you know, and and yes, I'm I'm pulling the drama card with all those, but boy, doesn't doesn't it feel like drama? Yeah, it really does. Drama is an amazing, an amazing thing. <laughs> but isn't what do you think drives drama? Automatic um, responses. Reaction number one. Okay. Um. Number two, I think drama is addictive. Um, uh, when when people get filled with drama, Jackie, their adrenaline gets going. Um, and when the adrenaline gets going, our endorphins get going, and we feel more alive, and we feel more um, uh, in tune with everything else, often when there's a lot of drama. Um, uh, so it it is like, um, you know, in the last spell, you know, uh, last show, um, uh, Dorothy and you talked a little bit about cinnamon. And one of the things that cinnamon also does is heat things up. Right. Um, and I think that, you, you know, in many ways, I think that drama also does that. It heat, heats things up. You know, one of the things that um, I strongly believe, just from... 25 years of doing this work. Um, If two people are fighting and arguing and bickering and screaming at each other all day, Jackie, that can be repaired. Okay, there's a lot of heat in it. There's a lot of passion. There's a lot of drama going on there. It's drama, drama everywhere. Insert Mary Kay Blige song here. Um, uh, It's when relationships become indifferent, that's when they can't be repaired. When you really don't care anymore. Uh huh. And I think yeah. that I think that that's where um, there is a change in regards to this. But I think that it just gets our blood g- gushing. Drama does so we like it. Mhm. I can see that. I what do you think it. it is? Um. Emotions, expectations, um, unrealistic expectations, and um watching people and watching where the drama comes from, the um, assumption that A, somebody knows you, and B, they're going to save you. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, it, and it might not be rescue you from something, but just um, be, uh, when I say save you, it's like maybe from yourself or yeah. from a task you don't want to do or a conversation you don't want to have. Yeah. So it it's a tough one. It's a tough friendships. Friendships are not, well, I think friendships take as much work as a relationship does. Mm-hmm. And that's, and from, and I, the reason why I came to that understanding is through my relationship with my husband. Because when life steps in and, you know, you deal with kids and, house payments and jobs and I'm tired and who's going to take out the garbage and and uh, there's a leak in the roof again, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you get into the business of a relationship mm-hmm. and, and the friendship goes away because it now becomes like business. And 
And I see this because there's a, a definite emotional shift when I'm in my business versus when I'm in a relationship or even when I work with friends. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it starts to feel like that. And so when, with my husband and I, when we moved into business mode with each other, um, it didn't feel good. And it felt like we had lost our friendship. And, and I do remember the big fight that we had when I said, I think I made the biggest mistake in my life. And he said, well, what are you talking about? And I said, I, I lost my friend. You're the best friend I've ever had, and we're not friends anymore. And I think that was the crappier end of the deal. So that's when we, we started talking about things in a new way. Uh-huh. And, and it was the best thing we ever did with each other, and we got our friendship back. Um, so if you in a marriage, if you don't have your friendship, it falls apart. Because friendship equals trust to me. Yeah. Um, and so... It's, and that's and, and even that's a, a really tough one. Yeah. Because um, you're dealing with your own hurts, and they're dealing with their own hurts um, of life. So, um, so yeah, that's this. I'm, I'm. What I'm saying is, it's work, and hopefully, the person you're working on your friendship with is is worth it. Hopefully, it's not serious all the time. Yeah. It. Hopefully there's laughter, too. Yeah. Thoughts? Um, I agree with you uh, wholeheartedly. You know, there's this old um, proverb that basically says that, you know, uh, that friendships are, are are probably much more significant than love relationships because you can always find somebody else to have sex with. Um, uh, that a proverb says sex? That yeah. Proverb no, I'm just using the polite word. Okay. Uh, oh, <laughs> the other word I can't say on the air, Jackie. It probably said fornicate. <laughs> that, no, that, well, it started with an F <laughs> and rhymes with duck. Um, you can always that find was somebody said in a proverb? <laughs> yes. Uh, you can always find somebody else. Stop. Um, insert <laughs> beep here. Um, but you can't always find a good friend. Um, uh, and, uh, I, uh, it's not a proverb in regards to the Bible, but it's an, a, a, a wise proverb. Um, oh, gotcha. The, um, no, they don't use that word in the, in the, in the, uh, the Holy Bible. That uh, my confusion. <laughs> Those are the proverbs, Jackie, not the proverb, I know, proverb. <laughs> Which is actually a Chinese word, by the way. Um, uh, the, but I think I think that friendships, you know, if you look at it in this day and age, I think that friendships have morphed dramatically. I don't think that they are what they were um, uh, twenty five years ago, by any means. Well, certainly they're not, because twenty five years ago you were a different person. Yes. And I'm not just even saying societally. I think as a human being, um, when, like for instance, um, the 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 oh words they are mine to embrace. Okay, the relationships, the friendships that you had when you were younger were the center of your universe. Mm-hmm. And now the center of my universe is sometimes is the couch. <laughs> Which we're um, going to give a name. <laughs> well, it, it's because I've I've gotten home from work. I'm tired. I've made dinner. I've interacted with my family, and I I have nothing left. And and I just need to to um, reset and just get a little mindless for a little while and relax. 
And you know, one of the worst killers of friendships is relationships. Uh, yeah. I will tell you, there's uh, so many times, Jackie, when I'm consulting with somebody, and say, for example, they're single and they're frustrated and stuff like that, and I will be, you know, of course, you know, you want them to connect to people, and, you know, you say things, you know, you need to get out of the house, hang out with your friends, and that they tell you, well, all of my friends are married, they don't want to do things like that anymore. It's, it can be kind of true. Yeah. Um, and, and also, you know, uh, when you say friendships today aren't like they were, and I cut you off, I'm sorry, go ahead, finish. They're not like they were 25 years ago because I think that there is a, you know, number one, social media has taken the word friend and brought it to a whole different level. Um, yeah. Uh, and, uh, uh, I you know, and you have followers, and and there's this very very glossy allure, basically, of what um, a friendship is at this particular point. And I guess from the social media standard, if I read that Bob Jones had eggs and toast for breakfast, that makes him my friend. But um, uh, I think that there's this very very superficial packaging that is with friendships now that wasn't there 25 years ago. Um, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. Okay. Tell me why. I think 25 years ago, um, we had we had a different maybe a different need. You had your friend, best friend in high school, and then you know y'all went to college and got married, and you're still best friends, and you moved back to the same neighborhood, and um, you um, but you still had family. I mean, family was still the most important. You still. You, you spent more time with, say, your mom or your brothers or something than you did with your friends. Yeah. Um, and and so we went from that, um, was that multi-generational family to that nuclear family. So now friends are taking the place of family because we are growing up. We are maturing and we are saying, oh, I have more options. The world has gotten a lot smaller and we move away from the from our families where we say, gosh, that is not how I want to live my life. Um, and we go experience the world in a wider wider space. Uh-huh. Um, I think the world's gotten wider, uh, smaller and bigger at the same time. So our opportunities are changed. So I, I meet people who, you know, they grew up in Nebraska and now they're living in Michigan. And... And um, they don't know anybody, so now they have to make new friends, and it's new family now. So it becomes more intense. So you have much more expectations on on that friendship because it's taking the place of family. And, and you could fight with family and always be family, but you can't fight with friends and always be friends. Yeah. So So people start to feel a little more disposable, like, well, I fought with them, and... You know, I have a very good friend, Heatherly, uh-huh. and we do not see eye to eye on a lot of things, and we actually live really different lives, um, but we get along so well, and we have other things in common. And we have fought, and I have been mad at her, and she's been mad at me without even the other person knowing. Yeah. Um, and and there was this one fight that we had, and we have businesses. We used to have businesses across the hall from each other, and there was this one fight that we had about a misunderstanding between the two of us. And we went to lunch to work it out. And I've done this with other friends before. When we go to lunch to work it out, and we walk away and, and at lunch, it's like, oh, oh, yeah, okay, I understand where you're coming from now. 
and walk away, and we still we, we pretended we made up, but we didn't make up. And so Heatherly and I went to lunch to work this out, and as we're talking, and she's saying, so where do we go from here? What does this mean? And I said, well, if this one fight is going to cause us to not be friends anymore, that makes me really sad because I thought we were better friends than that. Mm-hmm. And we both started crying. It was great. I love a good cry with a friend. It's awesome. And, <laughs> and, uh, and then we actually became better friends after that because we were we were on the same level. We were willing to be vulnerable to each other. And we're also willing to forgive, and a lot of times that that's not um, that's not the case because there's a, a a tougher, wider, more dramatic expectation. Yeah. Um, that um, we expect that friend to be perfect, and um, I, and I I got to tell you sometimes I'm a really crappy friend because I forget to call. I get sucked up in. And what I do, I forget that, oh, that's right, your kid's graduating high school, you know, and, and you know, those are big life-changing events. Um, or, you know, your parent was really sick or you just got a new job. Those are those are really life-changing events, and sometimes they can be a really cruddy friend and, and inattentive and forget those things because I get sucked up into my own life. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> or forget your birthday. <laughs> I'm terrible at birthdays. So, um, but on the other hand, I think I'm a really good friend because I also don't expect a ton from you. I uh-huh. My friendships are based on the fact that I'm having a really great time with you in this moment. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and, you know, so maybe we pile too much on to friends where before we had, you had your minister or, um, or, or your priest that you would go to for really big issues and crises of faith. And you had your mother to go to for, for you know, crises of girl issues. And you had, but all of that goes to onto your friend. So I'm wondering, and that's in girls. I don't know how is it with guys. I, I don't. Know. I have no clue. That's true. <laughs> My only male friend is Tony. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, uh. I think that there's a, the difference with guy-based friendships is that guy-based friendships, what you don't have really in guy-based friendships is that guys don't really talk to each other about their relationships. Um, uh, girls tend to be more um, uh, emotional-based um, uh, than guy friendships. Guy friendships are usually more, let's hang out, let's have some fun, let's watch this, um, you know, let's watch Fast and Furious 6, um, you know, let's let's drink some beer. Um, let's play with a PlayStation. Um, it's usually guy-based friendships are usually distraction-based friendships, um, uh, where you know let's work out together. It, it is usually more this machismo factor. You rarely, 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 rarely see guy-based friendships get onto that emotional level. Um, I can't imagine. Um, uh, you know, calling Tony and talking to him about my problems. But I might call Tony and talk to him about, oh, dude, i just seen this X-Men comic, you know. You know uh, I, I don't know. I think it's kind of changed a little bit. Slightly, but I don't think that it's much. Um, I think girls want it to change a little bit. That's why they think it's changing a little bit, but I don't think it necessarily is. You know what's I'll call up Tony that... later and talk to him about my problems. So okay. We'll see what happens. Of course, he doesn't answer the phone. So. You have to, you have to IM him. Or yeah. Um, but there's that movie that came out um, about the, that 
it was that what's his name from from High School Musical. He's in his early twenties. It's he and his buddies in their early twenties, and they're dealing with the fact that they're falling in love and and having deeper relationships with women. And and they in the movie they're actually talking about this. I haven't watched the movie, so I'm, I've watched the preview. Now, is the movie a guy movie or is it, it a chick flick? I think it's. You know what? You're absolutely right. It has to be a chick flick because guys won't go see that. And Zac Efron, I think, was his name, is is a is a draw for. Girls. So, so basically what it is that the media is showing with this guy-guy tenderness is basically what the females ultimately bro. want to see. You know, the, uh, but even in a bromance, Jackie, it's hanging out, lifting weights, you know, going for a jog together, going to a sports game together, watching Fast and Furious, playing the PlayStation, geeking on computers, uh, drinking beer, um, uh, uh, having maybe a neck nomination, I don't know. But um, uh, in most of my friendships, probably because I'm gay, is with women. But, uh, but, you know, for the most part, that's the way it is. You don't see the emotional intensity, really. Whereas with a girl, uh, you know, you can call up and talk about, you know, how your boyfriend and you fought last night for 16 hours and she can sit and commiserate with you. If I called up a guy friend and told them that I cried for 16, uh, 16 hours over a boy, do you know what I would hear? You need to man up and get some balls. You know, it's really interesting because even though, um, you know, I watch different guys talk about their feelings more, Mm-hmm. It's more. They're more talking about um, their frustrations. Mm-hmm. They're talking about their anger, but they're not talking about their vulnerabilities. Um, and and sometimes I watch guys get into a deep conversation, mm-hmm. but it's to kick each other's butt. Yeah, it's not necessarily as supportive as other than like, what's wrong with you? Get off your butt and do this. Get yeah. you know, you've got to. It's not even man up. It's like you're making some really stupid mistakes. Yeah. You're making some bad judgment calls, and you're absolutely sabotaging yourself, and you're in your own way. But it's not that, well, how, what, what's going on inside? But it's still not safe for men to be vulnerable in that way. It's is, not. Is that a testosterone thing that they're just not going to feel things I think it's, I, I, th- I think it's it's different things. Number one, men are going to relate to the world in a different way than women. Um, uh, men relate to the world much more based upon the future than the now. Um, you know, it is what is going to happen next week that is more important. Um, it's a more intellectual uh, uh, way of relating. Women relate to things on a physical emotional level you know it's what's going on it's what you know um uh you know it's not you know the old classic joke of the uh you know the man that comes home and you know his wife is laying in bed and she wants to get frisky and he's worked all day and he lays in the bed jackie and uh you know rolls over and he starts to go to sleep and she's laying there and she starts seething and she hits him and says why do you not tell me that you love me anymore and he goes what do you mean i don't love you yesterday i bought you a mercedes you know, so it's basically, you know, women very much are in the moment type of creatures where guys are looking at the next thing that they need to conquer. And I think that that is um, part of the difference, which is why, if you think about it, Jackie, men, when they have an issue of an emotional nature, they usually don't go to their guy friends unless they need to be kicked in the butt. They will go to their female friends if they have female friends. 
Um, or if they're in, in, in some relationships, you know, wives won't let men have female relationships or, a, you know, a, a female bromance. Um, but it, it is a much different, it's vastly different form of relating. It is. It absolutely is because we, um, I think some women, me specifically, think that men relate to other men the way they talk to me because I'm, I'm one of the folks that people talk to. I mean, and even if I take, you know, for example, um, we have a mutual friend named Drew. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if I even look at that, with both of us being gay, um, and I look at that situation, um, uh, even what we talk about, Jackie, is not real feelings oriented. You know, it's not, um, uh, you know, you may talk about your issues a little bit, you know, um, I want to do this, I want to do that, but most of it is still that projected towards the future, um, have fun, don't take things real seriously um, uh, type of conversation. And, you know, usually um, there is that, you're usually going to call a guy if you want your butt kicked. Okay. So... So let's bring this conversation around a little bit. Sure. How does one find friends if one is lonely? I think sometimes when people feel lonely, they think they need romance, but yeah. what they need is friendship. And and I think that that happens when you, whether you're married or not. Um, I know it, not that I even contemplated having an affair, but it was um, I kind of romanced in my head um, the early stages of my relationship with my husband and blah, blah, blah. And so um, I was actually lonely for friends, for somebody to talk to other than him, a different point of view, mm-hmm. a different experience, because he's never going to shop for panties with me. Yeah, exactly. But that's a, you, you just proved my point, Jackie. So, so when, when that, that loneliness, and even if um, it's on a man's end and he's feeling um, the need for friendship and he's lonely, um, sometimes that can turn into looking in the wrong direction for that companionship. Mm-hmm. Um, so how does one go about finding friends? Uh, in this, I'm probably the wrong person to ask that, but uh, in this particular day and age, usually, um, uh, and of course with my own psychology, Jackie, I can really only talk about things from that perspective, but um, for me... Usually, number one, I keep my friends very, very limited at this particular point in my life. But yeah, um, I was talking broader spectrum yeah. rather than real super personal experience. I, I, well, I think that they need to find, you know, that they need to do it in in a way in which that they're going out and connecting with other people. You know, you need to do some actual things, whether that that is connecting with people in a meetup group or connecting with people online or mm-hmm. um, you know, connecting with people in a like-minded, um, like a mastermind group or a thought group or something of that particular nature. I think that natural chemistry also plays a part in it. Agreed. And it's where you're going to find this where people are. And and so um, I think that's why work friendships happen. Yeah. That uh, because you spend so much time with that person and you start to get to know them and they get to know you and you're going to lunch because there's nobody else to go to lunch with and you're like, and then you start experiencing. That's why I think a lot of friendships are made at work. But if you're in a really 
um, unhealthy work environment, then no, that's never going to happen. Yeah, that, well, it's also, you know, why I think that work is where you find the devil with the blue dress on. Um, you know, that a lot of people end up having a work-based affairs um, for exactly the same, the, the same reason. Um, so I think that, you know, it's just being, I think that what people need to do, like we talked about last week in regards to, um, you know, love spells, um, uh, is really get clear about what it is that you want out of um, uh, a friendship. For me, at this particular point, Jackie, a deal breaker is somebody can't accept me like I am. If you can't do that, it's a deal breaker. It's done. I'm not going to invest a lot into it. Yep. Um, uh, I can understand, especially because right now you're you're still you're still in a a, a process of vulnerability. Yes, yes. And I I don't think that's I don't think that's something that's going to disappear in, in in a couple of days. Yes. The other thing is that um, I'm going to kind of go out on a, a limb here a little bit. You can tweak almost any love spell. To be a friendship. Spell. I was actually going to have you do the uh, talk about the honey spell, but tweak it for friendship. With the <laughs> <laughs> quick, get, get out of my head. Oh, we're good. Oh, we're good. I tell you. <laughs> but you know, the I think that sitting down and listing, you know, what the qualities are that you want out of a friendship, um, uh, what it is that you're, and, and be very, very clear and very specific. Um, uh, uh, because I will tell you, I did the seven-step candle shift to friendship and lost everyone I had, so except like four. Um, but then you found who you really yes, were, yes. and you got some new ones. Yes, and um, basically it is from uh, and basically Actually, I've done that, and I didn't lose any friends. I just gained new ones. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> um, My point is, Jackie, be careful of what you ask for. Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, so the, uh, I think that, um, being clear about what it is that you want out of your friendships is the first thing. Um, uh, you know, I, I was giggling to myself a second ago when you said the underwear thing, and the f- immediate flash right in my head is, yeah, I'm going to drop Tony an email later and ask him if he wants to go underwear shopping with me, you know, on Amazon or something, <laughs> and see what his response is. <laughs> well, um, so the, the Honey Mind spell... Mm-hmm. Um, again, um, did you, you, well, you saw it, right? Yes, yes. So. It reminds me of my baby food jar spells <laughs> in many ways. Jar spells are great because you, they stay active. They stay active as long as you want them to, and then when you're done, you open the jar and you dispose of the things when you've gotten what you wanted. Just because you, like, if you find friends and mm-hmm. you've established this friendship and you feel really solid, and you don't need the spell anymore, you can dispose of it, but that doesn't mean your friendships go away. Yeah. Um, but the um, the Honey Mind Spell, which is on the keepitmagic.com site, um, it is first you clear out the bad. So you clear out your bad habits. And um, I love using lemon for clearing stuff because, come on, how many times have we used lemon to clean stuff? Yeah. It's very refreshing. It, it clears the body. It's, it's Everything so, is lemon-scented, yeah. Right, so it's a good refreshing clearing tool, so that's why I like to use lemon in that. And what you do is you just start with a real simple list and light the uncrossing candle while you start this because whenever you release stuff, you want to make sure you have an uncrossing or a, a spiritual cleansing tool in use 
during it because you're writing it out and you're releasing it and you're thinking about it. So all of the things in friendships that didn't work for you, write all that out. Um, the things that you are not interested in in a, in a friend. Um, and in your own behavior, too. Actually starting with your own behavior um, and what your behavior creates in other people. But sometimes you got to start with what happens with other people. But then look within. Yeah. Um, that's magic. you got to look within. So you write that stuff down. Um, and just get get emotional about it. Let it out. And say it out loud. And as you say it out loud, you're going to... Um, I love the scissors clearing I learned from Star Cassis. What you're going to do is you're going to use some scissors that you've spiritually cleansed. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, how do they do that, Jackie? Um, it, you know, it's so complicated. Run it under some cool tap water mm-hmm. while maybe saying the Lord's Prayer or saying your own prayer or asking for it to be cleansed or visualizing white light running through it. It's it's really that that simple. Okay. So you're going to just snip around your aura. Don't snip your hair or your clothes or anything important bits. Just snip around your aura while you're talking about what you're getting rid of. And that just it helps you find and clip those those threads. And then you look at this piece of paper and you snip that up into little pieces as you say it again. Mm-hmm. And you cut a slit in um, a lemon and you shove that paper inside that slit. And the the reason why is now that's cleansing it from you. It's souring you to that behavior. You don't want that behavior in your life. The reason why you want to sour yourself to it so you don't turn back to it again later on as, out of bad habit. Mm-hmm. Um, put the lemon on a plate. Light an uncrossing candle. Put it in front of the lemon. And then you go wash your hands of the situation. And if you can use some, some you know, natural soap or, or old school soap, that's great. But it doesn't matter what soap you use. Just wash your hands of the situation. So now you're clearing that stuff and you get that, um, take that, uh, let that burn for a day while you allow it to release before you bring stuff new, any new stuff in. And then um, let that go. Put it in a dumpster away from your house. Put it in a garbage that's not yours. And then from there, you just um, you start the the honey spell. And a honey spell brings sweetness to you. So you want you're bringing sweetness and love and friendship and fun and um, and so you just start putting the different ingredients in the jar. So maybe you you might not want to use roses. Actually, you want to use roses because roses um, actually help rather than using them for love. You're going to use them for somebody who can keep your secrets uh-huh. and be true. Um, maybe instead of jasmine and lavender, you might want to put in um, more something a little more fun, maybe a little bit of cinnamon or even um, catnip. Um, not not because it makes cat stone, but because it's for luck. Chevrolet uh-huh. um, or five-finger grass or, um, or, you know what, let's just stick with what's in the cupboard. Thyme. Time is great for friendship. Put in some rosemary. Put in um, anything you would make. Um, put in some basil. Anything you would put into spaghetti sauce, even oregano. Uh-huh. Um, put all of those kind of spices in your jar. Uh, then put in things like rose quartz for for that gentle love. Maybe some 
a venturing, some, some stones that bring in a fun, sparkly energy. Sunstone would be great. Um, quartz to, to really anchor that stuff in. Put that all in the jar and squeeze the honey in. And while you're putting all these things in the jar, start talking about what you want in a friendship, uh-huh. what you, how you want your friends to be. You might even want to write that out first before you put all the stuff in the jar. Um, when you start putting all this in the jar, repeat it, repeat what you wrote. Um, writing it all out on a piece of paper and sticking that in the jar will really anchor that in. Yeah. Um, put some come to me oil in the jar, because come to me isn't necessarily about love. It can it's about something that you're going to have come to you. Uh, fill the jar, put a ton of honey in there, because that's. That's that fun stuff, friendship. Um, honey is very much used for love, but it can also be just to sweeten somebody to you. Yeah. Um, and then um, put some water in it, fill the rest with water, and shake it up. Put the lid on first, I'm sorry. <laughs> and then shake it up and talk to it and say, um, I, you know, come on, I, I'm looking for friends, show me the way. Um, and then put a... Um, maybe an attraction candle on top of the jar and let it burn and drip all over the jar because you're you're attracting more people into your life. Um, or happiness, the new happiness candle would be awesome to burn on top of that, that jar. Let it drip down because you're pulling happiness into your life and you're looking, that, looking at that with friendship. So you can switch any love spell to be a friendship spell to bring friends. Yes, it's definitely, you know, one of the other things um, uh, in regards to, and I read this in um, a hoodoo book, um, one of the things that they suggest is that if you make a new friendship, Jackie, and you invite them over, uh-huh. and you may be able to explain this more, serve them apple pie. Well, apple pie um, is magical. It's it's loving. It's... Um, it's got all of the herbs, uh, the spices in it that promote uh, that promote love. But but when love is such an all encompassing term, so you just mm-hmm. define it. What kind of love am I looking for? I'm looking for friendship because apple is um, very magical. So it's it, it's very potent. So it holds your wishes. Um, and then just the, especially if you make that apple pie yourself. First of all, if Somebody finds out that you can make good apple pie, it's a friend for life. <laughs> that's the first thing. And if you knit them something, that's it. You're not getting rid of them. You might have a hard time sending them home. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's um, the, all of that stuff is, um, and again, it's you have to work that friendship. You've got to think about them. You've got to take them into consideration. Okay, not in a freakish way. But just say, hey, I, I'm thinking about you. How's it going? All of that stuff. It's a two-way street. And additionally, here's a lesson learned, a tip from your Aunt Jackie. Don't always complain. Yeah. I lost some friendships because I felt safe with that person so that because I felt safe with them, they got my crap. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't fair. That was not fair at all. They didn't deserve to only get my crap. I don't know. Again, that's... Oh, I could say that word. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry. If it's a bad word, I'll edit it out. 
<laughs> Thanks, man. You're a good friend. <laughs> but, you know, I was thinking about when you were talking about that, Jackie, I think that one of the ways, you know, a lot of times people don't necessarily realize that what they're doing is magic. Um, and uh, basically, um, you know, one of the... Uh, you know, one of the, the classic pastimes, Jackie, if somebody new moves into the neighborhood, is you bake them up something and bring it over to their house. Mm-hmm. You know, that sounds kind of magical to me. It is, because you're putting um, positive intent in there, not a manipulative intent going, you'll be my friend and you'll like it, but like a welcome to my life, welcome to the neighborhood, hopefully um, hopefully we have lots in common Yeah, and can build a friendship. Exactly. And, but I think, you know what, sometimes I think we settle because it's they're convenient. I know I, I've, I've experienced this. They're a neighbor and or they're a friend of a friend that you see a lot or um, and you realize, you know, seven years later, oh, my God, I don't like this person. I've yeah. Settled, I've settled. Or you work with them or that kind of thing. Um, so I... I Defining your one of the things that magic does when you do something like the honey mind spell is it forces you to define what this means to you. Yeah, and I think that's when you did the seven steps to friendship spell. Um, I think that's what you did is you defined what friendship meant to you. So when people pushed that envelope of what friendship was, you went, "Wait a minute, this is not." It was so clear to you that. There was no way you could tolerate it. Yeah. But it was and so it, is, it, it is my belief, and mine only. Um, uh, I'm sure that probably many people disagree with me. But with me, Jackie, m- magic is always going to go, and it may be just the way that, because it is my particular belief, um, in the way I activate and use magic in an alchemical sort of way. If I make the choice and decision to do some form of magical work, um, basically that the universe is always going to do what is in my best interest. So therefore, in my particular case with burning the seven steps to friendship uh, spell, you know, I really needed to clean out a lot of um, unproductive friendships that were in my life at the moment in which I equally was um, infusing those relationships with negativity. Um, And I needed, in order for me to move forward and um, work on my own issues, I needed them cut out. Needless to say, I ended up with four friends. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's it's you know, then again, um I remember this one gal who was we were friends for a while, she goes, Listen, I don't need any more friends, I got plenty of those. Uh-huh. Um and for her friend meant somebody I need to spend more time on, I need to get to know, I need to bake them another pie. And I, I didn't understand that that statement of hers. I felt that that was kinda of cold and, and, and callous. But also at that time I I I have never been able to have more than a couple of friends at a time. Uh-huh. And I've, there's always been room in my life for more friends, but but then is it a friend or an acquaintance that there's more room for? Yeah. So for me, when I define friend, it it's a really deep, deep meaning. Yeah. Um, and an acquaintance or somebody I know, um, is somebody you know we hang out, we meet up at the bar every now and again. But then then when I go to friends, if I if I put you in friend category, that means you got a couple of my secrets. Yeah, exactly. I have felt um comfortable enough 
to give you some of my secrets. Yeah, you're going to know what in 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 the individual hurts and and uh, uh, in many many sort of ways. Um, uh, we're just about out of time, but uh, Jackie, uh-huh. one of the things that I wanted to mention. Um, before we go, is that last week we talked about Rebecca's um, campaign to go to Hiroshima. Um, and um, still, if you go to keepitmagic.com, stormsestavani.com, our Facebook pages, our Facebook fan pages, um, uh, if you go to those and you donate to the cause, every $1,000 that are donated, um, and we appreciate everybody that's already donated. You all are you awesome, much, yeah. awesome, awesome, helping Rebecca to get to Japan. Um, we will, for every $1,000, Jackie and I will do a live reading show um, uh, in addition to our other two shows. That's our donation, basically, to uh, uh, to get this going. Our and yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, and that this is, um, you know, I really, really... Um, uh, uh, am inspired by Rebecca um, uh, in regards to the situation. So, you know, go to Indiegogo, look, at, type in Rebecca Phoenix, um, and that's with a PH, not an F. Um, and uh, I'm trying to get you don't have any excuse. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, you know, you will find her campaign. It's the only one with the name Rebecca Phoenix. Watch her videos. Um, you know, any donation. Don't worry about the size. Um, whatever you can possibly give, please um, do that. And like I said, Jackie and I will do a show. Also, you will be, we will let you know the date of the show. And if you have um, uh, donated, and those that have already donated already on the page, no matter who you are, and even before Jackie and I offer this, if you want a reading from us on the air, we'll give it to you, no problem. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, drop us a line if you've, if you've done it, um, uh, donated and uh, send us your phone number, too, so we know when you call in. You're on yeah. the list, um, and we'll be we'll make sure you get on the free reading show. Yeah, these shows go so fast. They do, uh, you know, good times, and I love it when we can just do a show where we're gonna we're gonna play with a subject and we're gonna talk yeah. about it. We're gonna talk about our own vulnerabilities around it, and and those are the ones we get the biggest feedback on because we shared our vulnerabilities and, and we up. usually end up saying something controversial and we get the mail for it. Yeah, that's true. Too. <laughs> um so if you're a guy and you don't like the way we pre- we presented male friendships, let us know about yeah, it. Yeah, let we'll, us know. We'll, we'll bring it back up. Yeah, exactly. We'll bring it back. We'll bring you on the air and you can discuss with us how you do your um uh, your uh bromances. Um uh and if you have these real sensitive bromances, uh you know, we'd like to hear about it because you know chicks listen to this show. So. <laughs> <laughs> they want to know that there's hope. Yeah, they want, to know, they want to know that there's hope. Um, but, again, um, uh, it's a great time. It's a great time. And, and you can find us at keepitmagic.com. You can find Jackie Smith, me, at coventrycreations.com. You can find Storm at stormsensavani.com. We're .comed all over the place. And, you know, I want you all to keep it magic. And Storm, what else do you want them to do? Speak life, everybody. feels perfect other days it just ain't working the good the bad the right the wrong and everything in between yo it's crazy amazing we can turn our heart through the words we say mountains crumble with every syllable hope can live or die so speak life speak life through the dead and darkest 
gets twisted Other days my thoughts just fall apart I do, I don't, I will, I won't It's like I'm drowning in the deep Well it's crazy to imagine Words from my lips as the arms of compassion Mountains crumble with every syllable Hope can live or die So speak life